The Employment Hour right here. Anytime you need to get a hold of Lior and members of his firm, one 821 5900 It is help at com through email. We'll get to the severance pay calculator and all kinds of things to get through. A helpful topic uh, on the show today, and that is how to never be fired for cause. That is good stuff to know right there. First, Lior, we get to the week that was. How was it? Well, John, you know, we, uh, we're we doing a lot to inform people and educate people on their workplace rights. That's why you and I are here during the week. We're here on the weekends. And we also do a TV show now on Global uh, every Saturday at 10 a.m. On, on Global. You can hear uh, the Employment Hour in 30 and check us out. And, uh, you know, you can also put some uh, some faces to the names. If you've been listening to us on the radio for a while, check us out and uh, we'll hopefully educate you a bit more. Uh, and that's so important. I, I've been getting good feedback from people appreciating that uh, we've helped solve some problems, that we've informed them about what they need to know. We made them understand that there's hope if there's a workplace problem. And that's exactly why we are here. There's always hope. The law is, I've said this before, the law is quite good when it comes to workplace rights. You just need to understand what the law is. You need to know how to pursue your entitlements. And that's what the Employment Hour is all about. And to get us started, uh, John, for this uh, edition here, let's talk about a couple of situations that came across uh, my desk. And I do think that there's going to be some uh, things to learn from these uh, by our uh, by our listeners. First matter, uh, John, involved a gentleman who had worked in a sales position for about uh, eight or nine years. And, she, and, and he, when he was let go, uh, he was offered a package that was equivalent to about 10 months of his salary. And uh, 10 months is actually, it was a decent period of time for him. He, he was not an old guy. He was in his 30s. So I assessed 10 months as being appropriate. The thing is, John, the, they, the company calculated his severance on the basis of his salary, base salary only. And he had received anywhere from forty to $50,000 a year in commissions. He was huh. a salesperson over and above his salary. So really what the company did then is, is they completely and, and totally underpaid him. So uh, we actually engaged the company, and, and we've been able to resolve this uh, literally with a letter or two over a few days on the basis they're going to pay him his full commission over the severance period. But I wanted to bring this up here because so many people forget that when it comes to your severance, it's, it's not just your salary that has to be included. All components of your compensation must be included. So we're talking about, obviously, salary, but also benefits, bonuses, commissions, car allowance, pension entitlements, stock options, etc. cetera. Uh, even if the company pays uh, membership, membership fees in professional associations, like you know, an, an accounting association, that has to be included as well. So everything has to be included in severance. And if you forget that, then you will end up accepting a lot less than what the law says the company has to pay you. So uh, for this person, you know, over that 10-month period, it, it meant right around $40,000 extra only because we got the company to include his commissions, even though the number of months of severance stay the same. So let's remember that it's not just salary, it's everything that has to be included, John. Now, I'm assuming most employers wouldn't do that to be sneakier out of malice. They probably just realize it's not a fixed number, so it's not part of a severance offer, right? I, I absolutely agree that a lot of employers would not understand what their obligations are. They may want to do it right, but they think, you know, that the only thing that's quote-unquote guaranteed yeah. is salary. The commission is not guaranteed, so we're not going to include that as part of the severance. Well, that is wrong. And the way we would calculate commissions in a situation like this is we would look at an average, usually, you know, two- or three-year average. And if your average is that, you know, you make 30 40 whatever it is, $1,000 a year in commissions – 
then that has to be included for the severance period. So for him, we did a three-year average. That number gave us right around 50,000. I think it was 47,000 or something like that. And, and we, on that basis, we were able to resolve the matter. So for this gentleman who had called me because he had heard uh, one of our shows, uh, I would say, John, it was uh, well worth that call. It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Get a hold of Lior's firm anytime. What else you got for this week? I had a call from another gentleman, uh, John. He's a, an older employee. He is uh, sixty six years old. He worked for the company for about thirty years uh, in in a plant environment, operating a, a machine. And uh, a few months ago, the company came to him and said, well, you know, we think you should be slowing down. You know, don't you want to spend more time with your family? Don't you want to be, uh, you know, retired? Uh, you know, why work so hard? Well, you know, the unfortunate part for this gentleman is he couldn't afford to retire. He needed to continue working for financial reasons. Yes, he would have loved to retire, but he couldn't. So he told him, no, I'm good. I'm going to continue working. I don't know exactly if and when I'll retire, but I- I'm fine. He did seem to, he did notice that the company was somewhat taken aback by that or surprised by it. Well, what happened, John, is after that, after that discussion in the following weeks and months, all of a sudden he couldn't do anything right. Uh, everything he did, he was criticized for. He was written up. Uh, he was provided warnings. He even received a one-day suspension uh, a few weeks back. Uh, and this is, again, this is a 30-year employee that has never had any mm-hmm. problems, was always good performer, uh, you know, you don't make it to 30 years if you're not a good employee. And sure enough, after a few of these instances when he's trying to figure out what's going on, uh, guess what? The company gives him a letter saying, well, given all these issues, we're going to let you go for cause. We've had all these warnings, etc. all these issues with you. So we're letting you go for cause. No severance, of course, because that's cause, they say, uh, and, and f- so long, farewell. Very upset, of course, uh, th- distraught, he calls me. And I looked at this, I discussed this with him, and I realized what's going on here is very obvious. The company wanted him gone. They wanted him to retire. They probably felt he was too old. And when they realized he was not going to retire, they decided to make up a reason to let him go. The stuff he was disciplined for was nonsense, stuff that he had been doing for years and years. There was really nothing new. And it was clear that the company just said, we want to get rid of this guy. We don't want to pay him severance because he's been with us for 30 years. He's going to be owed a lot of severance. So let's find a way to get rid of him. And they did. But guess what? The law is much smarter than that. You know, I'm smarter than that. And so we're going to pursue this matter for this individual. And not only is he owed easily two years severance, John, clearly they let him go because of his age. They felt he was too old. That's a human rights violation as well. So I have seen over the time, over the years, many situations where the company is trying to build up a case to hide the real reason why they let someone go. In this case, that's a human rights violation. It's illegal. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd, uh, we're gonna be able to come down pretty hard on this company. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to call. Get a hold of Lior and the firm, and it is help at employmenthour.com as well. Again, back uh, we are this weekend, Saturday mornings, ten o'clock on Global Employment Hour and thirty. We are now on TV, doing a condensed and concise version of this show. We'll take a short break. Get lots more on the way here. The Employment Hour Talk Radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML. 
1-855-821-5900, the number, help at employmenthour.com, through email. You want to get a hold of Lior and his uh, his team at the firm anytime you can do that. Saturday mornings, 10 a.m., you want to see us on camera. How scary is that? Uh, employment hour <laughs> employment hour and 30 on Global at uh, 10 a.m. on Saturdays. You will catch a very concise and condensed version of this one-hour show on radio, on television. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to more of those and your wonderful response as well. I want to get to this, and that is how to never be fired for cause. We'll go through some bullet points. I know you're going to expand on each one and uh, and take it from there, my friend. Uh, be a smart negotiator when it comes to negotiating your job offer. Ah, uh, John, a termination for cause. Yeah. Wow. The, 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 the fallback for an employer that uh, wants to avoid paying severance, uh, and, and I see this very often. So, you know, before we even start with the, with the ways you can avoid being fired for cause, uh, let's just establish what it is for those that may have not, not have heard us talk about cause before. A termination for cause, John, is the death penalty. It's the ultimate penalty that an employer can impose on an employee. It's uh, the penalty that's reserved for the worst offenders. So only if you've done something horrible, terrible, uh, something that makes it impossible to continue employing you, only then can the employer say, we are letting you go for cause. And if the employer legitimately has cause, severance doesn't have to be paid. Now, the fact that you did something wrong or even did a few things wrong does not mean it's cause. For it to be cause, it has to be pretty darn awful. And so many times, so often, just like I said in the week that was, I see employers that are uh, trying to pull the trigger on a termination for cause before they should, before they have proper grounds, and obviously that would make it a wrongful dismissal. So if you ever let go for cause, unless you know that you've done something terrible, you stole, you hit someone, you sexually assaulted someone, uh, you you know you you got into uh, uh, a fight or something yeah. like that, unless you've done that, guess what? That's probably not cause. But how do we even avoid being in that situation to begin with? Well, one way, as you've mentioned, John, is to be smart negotiators when we sign an employment agreement. Oftentimes, an employment agreement may have terms that outline what would constitute cause. Uh, you know, if you're uh, late more than five minutes, that's cause. Well, we may we want to pay attention to that, and we want to negotiate terms that are uh, are more reasonable than that. You don't want to agree to, you know, if you look at someone sideways, that's cause. The other thing we don't want to have, we don't want to have something that limits our future severance. An employer may be more cavalier in terminating someone for cause if they know that worst case scenario, they're still not going to have to pay a lot of severance because the employee has agreed to limit their severance. On the other hand, if the employer says that, hey, if I get this wrong, I'm going to have to pay a whack of severance here then the employer may be less cavalier and less inclined to terminate for cause. So let's pay attention to anything in a contract, anything in an employment agreement that speaks to the issue of termination. Ideally, I would rather the employment agreement say nothing at all about termination. If, if it talks about termination of employment, usually it's bad news. We need to understand what that says and potentially negotiate it. Otherwise, we may be making it easier for the employer to terminate for cause, John. Well, a couple of things you've always said. I mean, the smaller, if not non-existent employment agreements, better than the uh, 30-pager that comes in a, you know, a massive Word document. That, that's the one you don't want, contrary to what you might think, right? And this is a perfect example of this. Yes, you absolutely want the handshake agreement or the 
one paragraph agreement rather than the 15, 20, 30 page agreement with a lot of words because in that agreement, that long agreement, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to be problematic, that are going to potentially uh, cause you to lose money down the road, that's going to make your life and job more difficult. So yeah, less is more when it comes to an employment agreement if you were the employee. one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com talking about the ways never to be fired for cause. Document, document, document. Always have that stuff with you. Absolutely. Always want to document everything because if your employer is going to try to let you go for cause because they say you've done something, you said something, or you didn't do something, well, you want to make sure that there's a way to corroborate what actually happened, okay? So it's never a good idea to get into a he said, she said type of a battle. Uh, so you document. If, if you think your employer is building a case against you or they're trying to position it in a, in a way that they can let you go for cause, well, let's start keeping notes of what happened. Have a journal, a diary where we keep uh, notes of what happened when it happened. Send emails to people confirming discussions so that there's a record of it. Okay, keep documents, uh, keep record, document everything that needs to be documented. Uh, it's going to make it much more difficult, especially if the employer says, wait a second, the employee's on top of things, he has records, uh, we're not going to be able to just bamboozle our way through a termination for cause. So always, always keep records, be smart about it. If your employer is building a case against you, you do the same. You build a case as well, and it's by documenting things. And it's not always, uh, you know, it's not always refusing or arguing. It's just admission that you got something. Yes, I realize you sent me this. I may not agree with it, but on record, I'm, I'm I have something on record, right? Absolutely. You have something on record, that's good enough. You know, we don't need to have formal documents that are signed. Just, you know, if, if, if there's a written document, especially if it's created contemporaneously when, when the events happened, it has a lot of credibility and it often wins the day. The number is one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and the firm anytime. Email is help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a few of those a little later in the show. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet, a good way to find out exactly what your severance offer should be, severancepaycalculator.com. In fact, we're going to dive right into that after we take a short break. And if you want to see the TV show Employment Hour in 30, Saturday mornings at 10 on Global. We just got this underway a few weeks ago, and uh, we're going uh, full on with that one every weekend as well. We'll continue with more of the Employment Hour. This is Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 the number, and help at employmenthour.com through email con- uh, contact as well. I mentioned it as we uh, got into break, so we'll do it right away. Lior, that is the severance pay calculator. We like this tool. The original reason, the original idea I had to have to do this show is because I, there's so many misconceptions out there about workplace rights, and probably the biggest one is with respect to the severance that are that is owed to employees. Uh, so many people believe that it's there's a formula. It's a week per year, two weeks per year, or two days per year, whatever it is. And, and it, those formula, formulas, all of them, are wrong. And I noticed that because people believe these things. Every day, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people accept inadequate severance, pennies on the dollar. I wanted to do something about it. So I started this radio show, but I also created the severance calculator. Severancepaycalculator.com is the address. And that's the place you go to to find out how much you're actually owed. Not what your Uncle Bob says or what some sort of a website says. It's the actual entitlements that you have, what the law says you should have. You answer three questions. And it, but that's it. You're within a few seconds. You find out whether you're owed a week's pay, 24 months pay, or anything in between. It's free. It's easy. It's anonymous. It's extremely simple to use. The first place you go to if you lost your job and it's a Friday and it's the weekend and it's late and you want to know now how much you're owed, 
severancepaycalculator.com. And it is anonymous, but you can always contact uh, you and the firm at the bottom if you wish to uh, proceed, if you, if you like what you see at the bottom of it, right? Well, yeah, and it's even uh, not even if you like what you see. If it's a question of what the calculator provides is different than what your employer has offered you, and you say, wait a second, if this says I'm owed 10 months severance, my employer offered me three months severance, holy cow, that's a big difference. Well, you have the option if you want to contact me directly from the severance calculator so that I can help you get what you're owed, and then that way you don't accept pennies on the dollar, realizing later that you lost out on tens of thousands of dollars that you should have had. SeverancePayCalculator.com, again, is the website, one 821 5900 to contact Lior and the firm. Talking about uh, how never to be fired for cause. Next one on our list is don't just accept unflair discipline. Don't take it on the chin. Don't take it on the chin because if you just take it on the chin, if you're being disciplined and you just, you know, you're accepted, you don't want to say, you don't want to do anything about it, it's awkward. Well, if you've done that, then you've accepted it. Mm -hmm. It's as if saying, yes, this is right. Silence is the same as saying, yes, my bad, I screwed up. Now, if, if you're being disciplined legitimately and you don't have any reason to, to dispute the discipline or what you did, then okay, that's fine not to do anything about it. But if it's wrong, even if it's just partially wrong, you have to say so. Okay, you have to say so and say so in writing. You know, I don't agree with this. Here's why. Here's what you didn't consider or here's what actually happened. Say so. If you just accept discipline, it's considered that you've accepted it if, if you don't say anything. And then later on, if and when the company wants to let you go for cause, it's going to be very difficult to say, you know, six months ago when you gave me that first warning, that wasn't legitimate. I didn't do it. Well, if you didn't do it, why didn't you say so? So uh, that's, if you do that, if you follow that rule and, and then you don't just accept discipline that's not legitimate, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to let you go for cause. Now, I always believe in being respectful and being professional. So I wouldn't respond by saying, you know, you jerks, don't you have a brain? Uh, you, you don't know what the heck you're doing. No, that's not a good idea and that's not a good approach. But it's absolutely fair to say that I wanted to bring this to your attention because I don't agree with what you've said there or I feel that you didn't take the following three things into consideration. If you do that, you're going to uh, not harm the relationship with the employer and you're going to make it that much more difficult to be let go for cause. And from that, uh, you know, not accepting unfair discipline, we'll take a bit of a sidestep to this one, which is logically the next step, and that is don't just accept performance improvement plans either. Yeah, and this is exactly the corollary from for the, the previous point. If, if you're being put on a performance improvement plan, the performance improvement plan is going to say, here's what you haven't done properly, and here's what we want you to do instead. You know, you haven't met the following milestones. Well, if, if it's legit and you agree with it, okay, no problem. Do your best and move on. But if you don't agree with it, again, say so. Don't accept the performance improvement plan just blindly if it's not accurate. If the information there is not accurate, if the expectations are unreasonable, if the expectations are unreasonable, say so. If they say, well, we need you to, to improve uh, performance in the department by 95%. Well, if that's not possible, and, but you don't say anything, you're, you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. If not, it's not possible, say so. Here's why it's not possible. Here's why that target is not something that I'm going to be able to achieve uh, and if you do that, if you respond and put your position on the record and in writing, you're always, always going to make it much more difficult for the company to let you go. The message here is silence is the same as acceptance. Would it be logical to say that the discipline and putting you on some sort of performance improvement plan is first of many steps, I guess, to hopefully, in their eyes, letting you go for cause? 
It's exactly that, John. Yeah. Oftentimes, we may see an employer start with a performance improvement plan and then maybe go up to a warning and then maybe a second warning. And then they may think, okay, now that we've done that, now that we have those building blocks, now we can let someone go for cause. Well, if you do what I've said, if you, you respond, then essentially you've undermined those building blocks. And now it's going to be very difficult for the employer to let you go for cause because you essentially delegitimized the, the things that they were trying to put in place. Again, I'm only suggesting you do that if there's a reason. If it's all legitimate and it's all uh, correct, that's fine. But if it's not, you have to say so. The number is one 821 5900 to get a hold of the firm and email is help at employmenthour.com. We mentioned it earlier at the top of this segment. If you haven't used this, find out what your correct severance offer should be, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. That is the email to get a hold of Lior and the firm if you haven't caught the show yet. The uh, television version, Employment Hour in 30, that happens Saturday mornings at 10 on Global. So stop by, have a look for that uh, particular 30 minutes and get more enriched and more knowledge under the waistline about uh, your employment rights and where you should be in the workplace as well. Again, Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock on Global Employment Hour in 30. We were talking about, though, on this uh, particular radio show, that is how to never be fired for cause. The next step is uh, don't freak out. <laughs> this one's great. Don't freak out and take a sick leave. Talk about knee-jerk reaction. It is exactly that. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Often people, uh, when they see something bad coming down the pike, so I think they're going to discipline me, or, or worse, they're going to let me go for cause. Let me go off on a disability leave. Maybe if, it's, if I'm away from them, they'll forget about it, or they'll change their mind. And so many times I see this. Well, you know, a company may decide to let someone go for cause, and lo and behold, the, on the day that's going to happen, the employee magically is going on a medical leave, they're sick, uh, and, and they're hoping things will get better. Well, the reason why uh, I say not to do that is it's not going to fix the problem, okay? It's not going to fix the problem. In fact, it may only reinforce the idea that the company has that clearly we can't work with this person. Look, they're being less than honest by saying that they're sick just because we were going to discipline them. So uh, I, I, that never works, guys. If, if the employer is going to let you go for cause, well, it's going to happen, uh, and you can't avoid it by saying that I'm, I'm going to be off on a medical leave, that I'm going to be off on a sick leave. Uh, at, at most, they may delay it by a few days till you get back, but it's not going to change it. So the best, better approach is to do the things we've been talking about, to document, to respond, to be smart negotiators, uh, and not to accept things that shouldn't be accepted. But if despite that, the company wants to let you go for cause, you can't avoid it by going on a, on a sick leave. If that happens, if they let you go, you just call me, okay? You call me, and we'll talk about it, and assuming there's no cause, which there frankly rarely is, mm -hmm. then we'll, we'll get your full entitlements. We'll get all the compensation that you're owed. That's the much better approach to deal with it rather than say, and now I'm magically sick and I can't work. That's just not going to solve the problem. Call that number, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. The next one, it, it should be obvious, but you just got to remind people once in a while, don't be an idiot, don't be a douche, don't, don't, don't mess around, just, just be a straight-up person, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, that, that's probably a, a solid way to avoid being let go for cause, and that is just do your job, yeah. right? Don't, don't uh, get engaged in activities that your employer is obviously going to find to be uh, problematic. Uh, you know, do your job. Uh, be, be respectful 
and, and, and you know, if there's any problems, be upfront about them and deal with them professionally. So many people, you know, don't do that. And sometimes they may make mistakes and then sometimes they get surprised when the company calls them on it. Well, all you can do is control yourself. If you've known that you've done everything you can in your power and you've done things right, then nothing bad legally can actually happen to you. It's that simple. And I'm not suggesting, you know, sometimes you may have performance issues even though you're doing your best. But guess what? If you've done your best, even if the performance is lacking, it's still not going to be cause. So do your job, work hard, uh, be respectful, and, and uh, if you do that, then it's never going to be cause. As simple as that, John. How never to be fired for cause. That is the uh, the topic we're carrying on for the first few segments here. It is a 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Finally, if you are fired for cause, it's not too late to undo it. Have that in your mind as well. Yeah, and, and that's extremely important. Just because the company says it's cause doesn't mean that it is. Okay, so oftentimes people said, oh, gosh, darn it, they've said cause. I guess I'm out of luck here, and I guess I don't get anything. No, 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 no. Nine out of ten times when people call me supposedly uh, for cause after they were let go supposedly for cause, it's not cause. And we can undo it and treat this as a termination without cause. We can not only get severance, we can also get a new record of employment issued that says that it's not cause. And that's important, by the way, John, because that would allow people to apply for EI, which can pay them for up to a year. We can even get a letter of reference. So don't assume that just because they said cause and or maybe you've done something wrong, that it is cause, that you're stuck in that scenario. And it's so important to get legal advice because think about it. If the company supposedly lets you go for cause and now you're going to look for another job, well, the first thing they're going to ask you if you go to an interview is what happened with the other company? Why did they let you go? And if you say they let me go for cause, that's it. You're done. You're never going to be employed again. So what we can essentially do is rewrite history. We can go back and retroactively agree with the company that the termination was not a termination for cause. Instead, it was a termination without cause. Get your severance, get your letter of reference, a proper record of employment. And that's also going to help you find another job. Got a couple minutes left to go in this one, so we'll bounce over to a quick email. Again, it is help at employmenthour.com. Got Chuck here writes in says, I was let go from my job and was told that it was uh, for financial reasons. The company just posted their fiscal results, and they had an excellent year. What can I do? Yeah, it's it's a very frustrating situation. You're called into a meeting. You think everything is fine, but they say, well, you know, financial reasons, we have no choice to let you go. And that may be something you can swallow. Well, if there's financial reasons, what can I do about it? And then you realize that's a lie. And, you know, John, that's, that's a completely unprofessional way to, for an employer to deal with a termination, it's not to mention a dishonest way. That said, from a legal standpoint, the employer can do that. Even if the employer is being less than honest uh, and they say they're letting you go for financial reasons and it's not, that's not why, that's okay, uh, you know, from a legal standpoint as long as severance is paid. Now, if they're saying it's financial reasons because they're trying to cover an illegal reasons, so maybe they let you go because of your uh, um, disability and they're, they're trying to say it's for another reason, well, wait a second. That actually may be a human rights violation. But if they're letting you go because maybe they just want to hire someone and pay them less and they tell you that's financial reasons, well, as dishonest as that is, the company can do that. It's simply a question of severance. Most of the time, when you're let go, regardless of the reason, it is just a question of compensation. It's a question of severance. 
You can't get your job back just because the company's reason was not legitimate or honest. It's always a question of how much severance you're owed. You'll want to know uh, quickly, even before making that phone call, severancepaycalculator.com, a very handy tool. You can contact the firm from that or call one 855 821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Lots more. The Employment Hour is coming right up after a short break here at Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 is the number. It's help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to another one of your emails here very shortly. The uh, TV show Employment Hour and 30 on Global, 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. If you haven't caught it, have a look. And a very well-spent uh, 30 minutes with your coffee on a Saturday morning. Lior and I doing the uh, condensed version of what you learn each and every week on this show as well. So we'll get to this one. That is medical leaves and frustration of contract. Um, medical leave, as far as an employee is concerned, when, uh, when can they go on one? This is certainly a topic that comes up in my practice very often. Uh, people often get worried when they have to go on a medical leave. Are they allowed? Are they not allowed? How long can they go? Uh, what can the employer do to, to them if they, in fact, go? So we want to talk about that and, and hopefully uh, alleviate some concerns that people have. So you can go on a medical leave, John, as long as a doctor says that you need to go on a medical leave. If a doctor says, and doctors put puts it in writing, that you cannot work for medical reasons, really that's all you need to be given time off work uh, for for medical reasons. It doesn't matter if it's for a day, if it's for two days, for a month, for a year. You have the right to go off on that leave as long as a doctor backs you up. It's not enough, though, for you to say, uh, I'm going to go on a medical leave because I'm sick and I've spoken with my doctor. The company does have a right to require something that corroborates that from a doctor. Depending on the absence, some doc- some uh, companies may not ask for a doctor's note or a doctor's letter, but they have a right to it. But bottom line is, as long as the doctor says you cannot work, the employer cannot question that, cannot give you a hard time, cannot punish you, cannot let you go. Uh, you have a right to go on that medical leave. And by the way, that's the case whether or not the company has official sick days. You still have a right to go on a medical leave if a doctor backs you up. Sick leave, uh, I get it, or sick days, but does it matter if the uh, employer doesn't have a short or long-term disability plan? So no, it doesn't matter because there's really two components to to a sick leave. The first component is the fact that you were allowed to have time off work because you cannot work. The second component is some companies have a disability plan with an insurance company, so that has to do with who who pays you or how how do you get paid while you're off. But those are two separate things. Irrespective of whether the company has a disability leave, you're allowed to have time off work for medical reason if the doctor supports you doesn't matter for whether, again, it could be a year, two years, whatever. Now, if the company also has a disability leave, well, now that means you can apply for for those disability benefits, and you're going to get paid by the insurance company mm-hmm. while you're off. And remember, John, many cases, uh, and you know this very well from doing the insurance and injury law show, that uh, it, it's very common for insurance company either to not approve a disability leave when they should or to approve it, but to cut the person off before they're actually ready to return to work. And if that happens to you, you give give us a call, you give me a call, I'll connect you with my partner, Sivan Tumark, and the head of our insurance practice, and we can get that resolved. But from an employment standpoint, irrespective of whether the company has a disability plan or an insurance company that provides disability benefits, you're allowed to time off work for medical reason as long as the doctor says you cannot work. 
Help at employmenthour.com is the email address. We'll get to one just came in from Andrea. says, uh, I was off work for eight months because of cancer treatment. And when I contacted my employer about coming back to work, I was told that the only job available is an entry-level position with a 20% count on 20% pay cut. Can they do this? What can I do? Well, the first question I would ask is, is this really legitimate? Do they really not have another position or they're just saying that because they don't want you to come back? If they legitimately, legitimately don't have uh, a position, well, then it's not a human rights issue, but it would still be a constructive dismissal. Regardless of the reason, you don't have to accept a, a demotion or a pay cut or a different role. You have the right potentially in that situation to treat that as a constructive dismissal if you don't want the role and leave and get your full severance. So either way, you don't have to accept the, the that, that uh, change. Now, if the reason is not legitimate, yes, they could take you back to another job, to, to your old job, but they just chose not to. Well, then it could be a human rights violation. If they don't take you back to your old role because you are you are on a medical leave and that's the only reason, well, that's illegal. And and they may potentially owe you human, human rights damages as well. So either way, you're entitled to potentially treat this as a constructive dismissal. But depending on the real reason why the company is not giving you your old job back, it could be a human rights violation. Either way, you have to give me a call. And that's one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. We're talking medical leaves and frustration of co- contract as well. Um, medical leave, how long can the employer stay on one? Or employee, so an, pardon me. An employee, right. An employee can stay on a leave until the doctor approves them to come back to work. Now, uh, sometimes that could be very quick. Maybe you're just you know, going through a minor procedure, you'll be able to be back in the office in a couple of days. Some situation, you may be dealing with a serious medical condition. Maybe you've had a, a car accident or you're, you hurt your back, etc. And you may need to be off for weeks, months, even potentially years. So if that's the case, as long as a doctor is, is providing that information, you can be off work for that long. So there's no set time. It's not a situation where, well, I can only be off for a week or a month. It's not like that at all. You have a right to be off and you're still an employee and you still maintain rights of an employee and you maintain, maintain your seniority. Even if you have to be off for a very long period of time, it all goes back, John, to what the doctor says. The number is one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't tried it out, even just to try it out, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance amount should be. You want to contact Lior and the members of his team after that. There's a button at the bottom you can press and do so. Otherwise, completely anonymous. Nobody will know you are ever there, but you will have the knowledge in your head. More of the Employment Hour is coming up. Short break here. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't tried it yet, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance should be. The proper number, not the number that's sitting on that paper looking right at you, because I guarantee you nine times out of ten, that is way short. Falls dreadfully short of the mark of, uh, of where it should be. Medical leaves and frustration of contract is what we were talking about, our topic for the remainder. And um, I'll ask you this, and what can someone do if they're denied payment by a long-term disability insurer? Because you know that happens, right? It happens all the time. You know, listen, I, I don't want to come down unfairly on an insurance company, but I don't think I'm, I'm out of line by saying that the insurance company is in the business ultimately of, of cutting people off and, and, and try to avoid paying. You know, they, they want to collect premiums and hopefully they don't have to pay on, uh, on a policy. It's just the way it is. 
Well, the way uh, it works with disabilities, oftentimes an insurance may, company may push an employee to go back to work before they should. They'll cut them off. They won't approve disability payments uh, when, uh, in fact, they should be approving it. Well, you need to push back in that situation. The insurance company counts on the fact that if they're going to tell an employee you don't qualify or being cut off, most employees are going to say, oh, well, I just can't do anything about it, so we're done. Yeah. Well, and, and most employees, in fact, are going to do that. But if you're listening to us right now, you know that that's not what you have to do. Uh, you absolutely can resolve these issues. We resolve them all the time. Sometimes a letter from us is all it's going to take to let them know that, no, no, we know that uh, you, you have to keep this person on disability. And if you don't keep them on, then we may have to commence legal action against you. And many times that resolves it. So if you're in that situation, you're denied disability benefits, you've been cut off disability benefits, if the insurance company is not agreeing with your doctor, give me a call. We can take care of it. The uh, email is help at employmenthour.com. Just reading Rick's here says, uh, my employer offered me a promotion, which I rejected because it would be a lot more work with very little, if not the same pay. Uh, I'm now concerned that they are going to let me go. Can they let me go because I refuse this promotion? Well, the short answer is yes, they can. Uh, remember the rules that an employer can let an employee go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid. And that certainly applies here as well. The company can let you go if you didn't take the promotion, but that will not be a termination for cause. That would be a without cause termination, which means they would have to pay severance. So the fact that you didn't take a promotion doesn't mean that that's some sort of a misconduct. It's not misconduct, so you can't be uh, punished or disciplined. But if the company says, well, if he's not a team player, we're going to find someone else that is, okay, but they have to pay full severance. So can they let you go? Yes. Would they have to pay severance? Absolutely. Medical leaves and frustration of contract, that's what we're talking about here for the remaining couple minutes. So can an employer or an insurance company, for that matter, put pressure on an employee to get back to work if they're off? They shouldn't, and, and, and they're not allowed to. John, they're not allowed. Neither, neither the employer nor the insurance company is allowed to put pressure on an employee to come back to work. Uh, they have a right, and the employee has a right to be uh, off work as long as it takes to get better. And the only obligation the employee has is to follow what the doctor says. Uh, and as long as you've done that, the employer should not do anything else. They can't harass you. They can't try to convince you. They can't insist that you go see another doctor any of that. They can threaten you, of course. That applies to both the company and the uh, and the insurance company. And if that happens to you, oftentimes we may need to get them off your back. Uh, there's human rights issues as well. So the company should respect your uh, uh, your privacy, should respect your ability to be off work uh, for uh, for the long or as long as you need to to get better and respect what your doctor says. And if you find yourself in a situation where that doesn't happen, just give me a call and we can deal with it. It's one 821 5900 Can the employer require an employee to see an independent doctor? Or the I guess the insurance company for that matter, right? So the employer really cannot. The employer can't say, well, we don't think that this is legitimate. We want you to see another doctor. In some situations, an insurance company may be able to, to have you see a doctor uh, to, to, to uh, verify a few things, and that's okay. But that only has to do with the, the amount of uh, benefits you're getting from the insurance company. Right. It's very different than you being off work. The company can't say that, well, we're only going to allow you to be off on a medical leave if you go see this other doctor. They cannot do that. You have a right to see your doctor, whoever he or she is. Uh, and uh, if the employer says that's not good enough, well, it is good enough. And you do not have to uh, uh, tell the employer or agree to see another doctor 
again, if the employer tries to push back on that, and I have seen that happen, well, let, let me talk to you about it. Let me try to get them off your back so that you can do what you need to do, which is to get better. Squeeze in uh, one more email here from Dennis writes in at help and employmenthour.com says I usually work a lot of overtime. Most years it can be over 500 hours a year. I'm concerned that I'm about to lose my job. Does my overtime count when factoring and calculating my severance? Absolutely. Yeah. Overtime does absolutely count when, when uh, it comes to severance. We talked at the beginning of the show about commissions. So just like commissions have to be included as part of the severance, same with overtime. So if you usually make $20,000 a year in overtime, whatever, I'm just using that as an example, yeah. that has to be included as well. We would look at an average, same as in commissions. So it's not just your base salary. Uh, and and uh, you would have to get that overtime. For many people, that's worth a lot. So again, one of many reasons, John, to, to get some advice when you're let go so that you can ensure that you get everything that's owed to you. A couple different ways to contact. Now that we're, uh, we're wrapping her up here, the phone number is one 821 5900 Email help at employmenthour.com. Read a few of those today. If you haven't used it as well, want to find out what your severance should be, whether you have an offer in front of you, or just wondering, just as a matter of fact, for, uh, for you know what and giggles, severance paycalculator.com is the place to go. There's also a contact button on the bottom of that. And outside of this radio show, uh, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on Global, you'll catch Employment Hour and 30, a condensed and concise version of what we do and have been doing for over four and a half years here on the radio, and that is the Employment Hour. So check that out as well. Till next time, it has been the Employment Hour and Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.